Welcome to the Tempest Rising podcast, adding a little thunder to your week. I'm your host Celeste, creator of Project Tempest, bringing you this free training to help you optimize your existence and own the storm. Today's topic, my cat gave me anxiety. So welcome back to another episode. Hopefully you enjoyed last week's um, and you grabbed the free guide to help you with your mind-body scanning. If not, you can go back to um, that episode and you can grab it. There is a link on SoundCloud on the episode itself and there's also a link within the blog post um, under episode 10, Resilience. Um, It's worth grabbing it because it'll help a little bit with what I'm going to discuss today. So today we're looking at anxiety and it seems like it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent. And I don't know whether that's because people are more open to discussing their mental health or because we're seeing depictions of it in the media more often. I'm not really sure, but either way, I think it's a good thing because it highlights a real issue that people are dealing with in their day to day lives. Um, I've been watching a show called Money Heist on Netflix. Um, it's a really good show. I'd recommend you watch it. But bear in mind, it's in Spanish, so you will need subtitles and you'll need to concentrate. Um, but often the main characters have um, issues with anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety attacks happening. Um, there's at least one per episode, I think. It's like a common occurrence. And it got me thinking about anxiety within my own life and the people of the lives around me. I'm quite lucky in respect that I don't have that many struggles with anxiety. If you've read my other work, you know that I've had some issues around depression. Um, but anxiety has never been quite as big as that. It's never been a big thing. But then... When I actually think about it on a deeper level, what I used to consider um, as nerves or shyness or a lack of confidence is actually a bit of anxiety, but it only happens in certain situations. So last Friday, I had to take the cat to the vets um, because he's not been too well. Um, and the day before, I started to get a little bit anxious and a bit restless about it. It it's not like I've never taken a cat to the vets before you know we've we've taken him a few times we actually adopted him from a vets but this time it was a new vets and I've never taken him on my own before so I had to get him in the carrier which was stressful for me because he wouldn't get in every time I put his head in his legs would splay out and I couldn't get his legs in and then I get his legs in and he'd jump out the little bugger um so that really started to to wind me up and to give me stress and then the thought of actually having to take him to a new place even though it's only 10 minutes down the road it was somewhere that I hadn't been before it was all new and of course I was worried about him anyway because I love my cat to bits so the whole situation was causing me huge amounts of anxiety so starting the evening before I had to take him I started to get that restless het up feeling up until the moment where I'm there trying to get him to go into the carrier, when my heart started to pound, I could feel it pounding, um, you know, faster and stronger than it normally is, my hands were shaking, I could feel myself getting really emotional and upset, and it sounds ridiculous, you know, logically, 
that shouldn't happen because it's a mundane task for most people. But for me, it was really profound and I was surprised by how much it upset me and how anxious it made me. Because even though I did eventually get him into the box um, and I arrived at the vets with plenty of time to spare, I sat in the waiting room and my hands were shaking and I felt like bursting into tears, which sounds ridiculous, but that was such a profound experience for me and it created such an emotional response that I had to think about it a little bit more. I pondered on it for a while um, to try and figure out why that happens um, and sort of what that's all about. And I realised that this is something that happens to me when I'm in a new situation, um, something you know that I've not done before or I've not had to do on my own before. So at its root... It is essentially a fear of the unknown. For me, it's not knowing and having to do something that I've never done before in a place I've never been before that I don't know what's going to happen that causes anxiety. So that might be the same for most instances of anxiety. I think it probably is. It's just that fear of unknown. Um, You know, it's a big thing for most people and it can manifest itself in different ways because as with anything, anxiety exists on a spectrum. You have the lower end of the spectrum where it's not really too bad, like me, and then you have the the other end of the spectrum where people do have full-blown anxiety attacks that require medical attention. You know, everything exists on a spectrum. But I think at the root of it, for most people, it is that fear of the unknown and it is that emotional response within the body that sends everything haywire. Now, luckily, if it's on a lower level, there are things that you can do about it. For me, dealing with this kind of anxiety is a case of tackling the unknown. So there is only one way to deal with the unknown, and that is to make it known. So in the same way that a top athlete would visualise a course or a track or the game or all the variables before going out and playing... You can do the same with any situation that you're going to find yourself in. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between a real experience and an imagined one. So that you can use this to literally implant experiences in your brain. From experiences, we then build associated feelings. And those feelings are generally repeated each time we have that same experience. Or are triggered to think about that experience. So if you can visualize an experience as you want it, feeling what you want to feel, then you can remove that fear of the unknown and you can create confidence and dramatically reduce your anxiety. Um, Because your brain is an incredible thing. Everything is linked up. So thoughts, feelings, actions, experience, all of these things are extremely closely linked. There is a massive um, mind-body link that exists Most people try to just focus on their mind or to just focus on their body. But what we actually need to look at is everything as a big picture. We need to deal with your emotions, so your feelings. Um, We need to deal with your mind. We need to deal with your body. Everything exists in balance. And when one of those things gets a little bit out of balance, that's when we start to suffer and things start to go wrong. But when we learn to use our experiences and to manipulate our feelings for good then we can literally create whatever we want to create and within that we can deal with things like anxiety now obviously that's a 
fairly straightforward explanation of it there is a lot more to it there's a lot more in neuroscience and you know brain training all this kind of stuff and a lot of that comes down to um, knowing what kind of things create the response to start with and then how to deal with it now if you think back to an episode I did um, called the four stages of change stages one and two acknowledge and accept are always a starting point for dealing with any kind of issue that you've got. So with this anxiety, I started there, I acknowledged that this was happening, and then I accepted it, and I looked into why this was happening to me, and then from there, found a way to deal with it. Because once you understand what's going on and what's causing the trigger, you can then create a different experience and a different outcome. Most people have tried visualization um, and there are a lot of people that say it doesn't work, which I completely understand because I did it many times during my years playing golf. I did it under the influence of um, hypnotherapist type work. I've done it with sports psychologists and it just never worked because I didn't believe it enough. And I'm going to talk about that um, a little bit more in a minute because I'm going off track. But um, for me, visualization initially never worked. And the reason why was because I was missing a vital component, which was being in the right state, okay, Um, getting my brainwaves where they needed to be. Whenever I went into an experience that involved some kind of hypnosis or sports psychology and there were visualization exercises, I was coming from a place of desperation. I needed this shit to work. I needed something to help me play golf better because what was happening on the golf course was destroying me and I needed an answer. So I was coming from a place of lack. I was missing something and I thought that the visualization and all the stuff I was learning would fix it. But when you come from a place of lack, nothing ever quite works as it should because a place of lack is the same as a place of survival. So Being in a place of lack, being in a place of survival means that your brainwaves are going to be exceptionally high. And when you're in that place of high brainwaves, you're in that survival mode, you're not susceptible to anything. Okay. And if you're not susceptible, you can visualize as much as you fucking want. It's not going to work. It's not going to go in. Nothing's going to change. If you are stressed out and your brainwaves are high, you will reject any suggestions that you're given. And it's why um, people often try affirmations um, and they don't work. So they can be stood there looking at themselves in the mirror, telling themselves that they are confident. But your body's not. Uh, your body and your brain isn't going to believe it because it doesn't feel it. Okay. For affirmations, visualization, for anything like that to work, you have to be in a suggestible state, a state that allows you to access the subconscious mind so that you can implant these experiences, these feelings, these visions, these words, so that you can truly believe them. How do you do that? Well, you learn to change your state to one of lower brain waves through things like meditation. You learn to meditate and learn to use your senses correctly. And it's not something I'm going to talk about today. I'm not going to teach you it today because it's going beyond what this episode is about. But it is something that I might do a mini series on and I'll definitely be including it in the Project Tempest program because it is a massive part in both the clarity aspect and also the creation phase of the program. So 
for today, your call to action is to consider what situations cause you the most anxiety and identify the key triggers. So think about a time when you felt anxious, what was the cause, what's the pattern, and then just write them down in your journal. And then if you're confident and you know what you're doing, you can feel free um, to try taking one of those situations and recreate it in your mind in the way that you want it to be. This stuff does take practice, it takes repetition and a greater understanding of how the mind works, but this gives you an idea of where to start. So we always start by acknowledging and accepting where we're at, we then work to change it. So that's all for this week. Next week, I'm going to be back with another episode. Um, Plus, my book's going to be finished, which means this is your last chance to grab it at 40% off. So if you do want a copy in which I do talk about meditation and I talk about brain training, neuroplasticity and all kinds of other wonderful things, you can go to celesco.com, go to the book tab and then you can just grab yourself a copy from there and I will deliver that to you in September. Other than that, have an amazing week. If you uh, feel like sending me a message to let me know how you're getting on with your mind-body scanning, um, your findings from today's homework, just send me a message, let me know. and I'll be back soon.